Welcome to the Manor. And welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. It's <laughs> season. Ha. And we are Spooky James. And Spooky Jody. Hopefully I'll be drunk, Jody, by the end of the episode. I'd like to know how that goes with things later on. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> Don't underestimate the power of the drunkenness. <laughs> Never underestimate the power of the drunkenness. So, I'm not sure what will be taken out from what we just said. So, I'm going to say moving on from that stuff that will be partially in the outtakes. Tis <laughs> spooky season. Yeah. And we have a movie to discuss with its 50th anniversary. Although we have mentioned it at least once, if not like three to five other times. But before we get to that movie that you've already seen the name of in an episode title, are you drinking uh-huh. anything, my good spooky thing? I am I am drinking uh, Sailor Jerry Spiced Rum and Sunkissed Orange Soda because people are stupid and and they gave me headaches at work today. Not co-workers. Just people I had to deal with. Ah, and if they don't know what they yeah. record, they can't complain about it being them. Right. So today is March the 32nd. Yeah, what, what James said. If you're a Simpsons fan, you'll get that reference. Or <laughs> 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 stupid March <smarch> weather. <laughs> <laughs> but good for you on your choice of drink, and I would ask you about what happened at work, but I know you told me earlier that for reasons that shall not be named, <laughs> you, uh-huh. you would like to keep this one as short as possible. Yeah, I don't want my blood pressure to go up because of being pissed off at what happened at work. So, yeah, <laughs> I understand. Uh, by the way, I stopped by Scarlet Lane Brewing on the way home and had a pint or two or however many. Uh, that's not the issue. <laughs> Three or four. Um, no, three. I had three. I had three pints. But, <laughs> but to be fair, it was over the course of over three hours. So it's not like I, you know. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. And then, yeah, the, the ABVs were not high. So <laughs> also uh, good. Yeah. David, who sometimes listens to our show and he knows about the episode, the, the podcast, uh, he kind of made fun of us earlier because he, he recommended a spooky story podcast, which I've not tried yet, so I'm not going to bring it up yet. But right. but he he knows that I don't like long episodes, and he goes, "Yeah, I know you don't like long episodes unless it's yours." <laughs> I I don't I don't either. Yeah, um, I, I was going to say I uh, I've got one that I've got to finish editing for Spooky Season. That's going to be at least. It's definitely going to be over an hour. <laughs> I'm not breaking it up into two. <laughs> we should start looking at doing that. But, you know, for spooky season, we'll think about it later. Yeah, that's part of the reason I don't want to break it up into two is because it's spooky season and we've already got plenty of episodes. So we'll just have an extra long one. Yeah, exactly. Or five. <laughs> <laughs> but good for you on your Sailor Jerry and Sunkissed Orange. That sounds amazing balls it is i'm enjoying it i know i don't i know we talked about it in one of the episodes but i don't know if i 
I mentioned in the episode, or if I just texted you, but I did try the Kraken rum, the dark, with, uh, oh, I, yeah. I mentioned, mentioned it sounded like it could go good with the Dr. Pepper strawberry cream soda, and I was not wrong. Oh, I'll have to look for that. Yeah, it's probably gone by now, because that was a few months ago. Oh, was it just like a seasonal? I can't find it anymore, so probably. Okay. But I'll, I, I'll look online, see what they say. Um, but actually, the sun kiss sounds like it would have been better, but I happen to have. Um, but I just okay. to try to keep the short because that's what Jody requested. Wahaha. <laughs> yes. In <laughs> honor of spooky season, I'm having a 16-ounce can of a double dry hop, double India pale ale at 9.3% from Abomination Brewing Company called Rotting Earth. Oh, that sounds awesome. The The artwork on the can is awesome. It shows a, well, Death's hand, I'm assuming, because it's a skeletal hand with a black robe at the wrist coming out of what looks like a sea, but in the palm of the skeletal hand is what looks like some sort of earth, because it's a round thing with, you know, looks like continents and water and stuff, but the continents come out of tendrils that are coming out of the main sea, and there's flames and clouds, yeah. and it, 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 I'm sad because I didn't know it was New England until I poured it two minutes ago and took a drink. Uh-huh. And we all know, if you've listened, that I do not care for hazies in New England's as much. You do not. But it's still not bad. It's, it's, it is juicy and hazy and the things I don't care for. But the hops are spot on. It's got a nice malt backbone. I'm enjoying it. Nice. Yeah. Malt, malt backbone. Is that anything like a black cat bone? There's a Venn diagram. <laughs> <laughs> Did you make your money square or not? <laughs> Wee bit of an inside joke there from something Jody and I talked about before the episode. Yep. That has to do with Scrooge McDuck. Gee. Who? Yang? Doctor Who? Yang. <laughs> <laughs> enough, both overlap with David Tennant, who voices Scrooge McDuck in the latest DuckTales. And and Hu Yang in That's Ahsoka. I said. I said and that. Clone Wars. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I said, I said voices. I, it kind of comes out a little bit. Ah, no, no, I said voices. Both. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, moving anyway, on. Today's, today's, today's <laughs> episode. I say, boy, I say, I say, today, today, today's episode, boy. <laughs> Honestly, Foghorn Lake Gorgon was one of my least favorite Warner Brothers Looney Tunes characters. Don't know what it was, just did not. Yeah. That's that's not even tangential. That is completely off the rails. So moving on to the episode. <laughs> we have discussed this movie a few times, but in passing or as a gestalt episode of Hey, what are your favorite movies for Halloween? And like, hey, what about folk horror? And oh, what about this? And ooh, hammer horror overlaps with this person we've talked about. But this year, we're doing its own yeah. solo episode because it's the 50th anniversary of the British folk horror film, The Wicker Man. Yeah. Where Sergeant Neil Howie journeys by seaplane to the remote Hebridean Island of Summerisle to investigate the disappearance of a young girl named Rowan Morrison, about whom he has received an anonymous letter. Howie, a devout Christian, 
is disturbed to find the islanders sex mad pagans paying homage to pagan cultic gods of their ancestors where they copulate openly and include children as part of their May Day celebrations and teach children of the phallic association of the maypole and place toads in their mouths to cure sore throats and and they claim that Rowan never existed. Ooh, there's a mystery. Ooh. Mystery, mystery. It's time to call Scooby in the gang. <laughs> well, that would be an interesting... That's what uh, I was thinking. You what? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Being an interesting crossover, but I would still prefer the Muppet Wicker Man. <laughs> <laughs> I I would love a double feature. It's a little dark for the Muppets. That's exactly why it'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd actually like a double feature feature picture shoe of the Muppets Wicker Man and the Muppets Rocky Horror. Oh God! Two images that I do have saved that I'll share on social media eventually, but I just haven't done it yet because the time isn't right. Speaking of the time not being right, we do understand the Wicker Man actually takes place at Midsummer. And not during October spooky season, but we 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 realized we were about a month late to hit the actual fiftieth, and we thought spooky season. We'll wait. Well, it's I mean it's a, it's a good one to watch at Halloween. Oh, there it is. Uh, yeah, I I the one time I watched it a few years ago was Turner Classic Movies had it on. Uh, I don't remember where I first saw it, but I I know I've seen it several times. I actually own it now because sometimes it's hard to find, so I bought the DVD. Uh, but you can't. Oh, you actually that. found it. Yeah, well, a few years ago, or several maybe, because at the time you couldn't even stream it, but now you can stream it at least on Amazon and probably buy it, the yeah. streaming version. So it's not as hard to find, even. Although I think it's because it came out this year for 50th anniversary showing at even cinemas. So maybe that's where they started deciding to re release it for various places. Huh. I'm going to look it up on Amazon real quick. You do that, and I will talk, and then when you come back, I'll put the pint to my face. Okay. Uh, but yeah, what, I, what I'd what mentioned is pretty much the synopsis. Uh, normal, everyday English police officer, British, goes up to the Scottish Isle areas, the Hebrides, and uh, looking for a young girl who disappeared, and finds out that everybody on the island is part of this pagan cult type of thing, where... They teach culty pagan sex things and and they just enjoy themselves. And there's a scene that we have discussed in other episodes that we'll get to soon as we go through everything. Uh-huh. Uh, but I will say, as I've given the synopsis and Jody's mentioned how good it is for Halloween, that again, 1973, it was directed by Robin Hardy, starred Edward Woodward, Britt Eklund, Diane Clinto, Ingrid Pitt, and Christopher Lee who we'll get more into here soon. But screenplays by Anthony Schaefer, based, inspired by David Pinner's 1967 novel, Ritual. And he also wrote a sequel, The Wicca Woman, in 2014. So a much later uh, sequel. And I actually mm -hmm. have both of those on my spooky reading list. Uh, so when we get to that episode, if we do one this year about what we're doing, if I've started them or have them all, I'll let y'all know. Those, okay. Those may be next year. Uh, but yeah, uh, Paul Giovanni composed the film score. Hardy and Schaefer had already previously worked together, having made a television production company, Harder Schaefer and Associates. 
And that's sort of the background. And now I am happy to discuss a little bit of the movie. Well, I've, I've got some notes and we'll jump around and well, jump around. <laughs> well, I just I looked I just looked it up on Amazon and the Blu-ray that I'm looking at on the uh, front cover says it's the Citizen Kane of horror films. Probably not wrong because it is 50 years old. It is the granddaddy along with uh, the Witchfinder General that you still can't find of British folk horror. I mean, it is cinema's leading entryway into the folk horror milieu. So that, that, that would make sense. And it does have some really, I mean, Christopher Lee's in it. Yes, who plays Lord Summerisle. And I wanted to, to mention that the band Blood Ceremony, they are a doom metal band. They have a song called Lord Summerisle that is based on, I haven't really checked the lyrics that close, so I don't know if it's just based on him or if it's based on the whole movie. I have no idea. I'll look that up while you're uh, talking. You can do that. Let's do that. Oh, okay. Lord Summerisle by Blood Ceremony. But I'll let you look up the lyrics and, and kind of read through them. Um, yeah, and I'll start going through. And I thought I put these notes in order, but at this point, I'm no longer sure. So we'll we'll just Woo-hoo! jump around however we want, like people on Summerisle. Yeah. So Howie, Sergeant Neil Howie, gets to the aisle. You know, he's let off a, a plane and, and comes up. And the, you can tell things are spooky right away. Uh, but he stays at a pub called the Green Man Inn and sees a series of photographs celebrating the annual harvest, each featuring a young girl as the May Queen. And we have talked about the May Queen specifically, although several episodes, specifically in the folklore that inspired Robert Plant way back in like, what was the episode two or three? So, yeah, yeah, should definitely go back way back (laughs) the way back machine i understood that reference Uh, and i also want to mention that the green man was a 1969 kingsley amos book that i mentioned last year the year before for halloween folk that was the folk horror book that's a nice folk horror things and the guy had well he he was having a midlife crisis and and was trying to get a three-way with his wife and his mistress and it didn't quite work out for him and you should go back and listen to that episode or read the book. You can remember that. Yeah. And it, it is an actual uh, movie or TV series or something that I've had saved on YouTube forever. And I think this year, if I can, I'm going to watch it. But I think it's maybe a BBC series and it's like six hours. So it's not just a sit down and watch a movie length. But, okay. but again, if I watch um, it before we get to the whole, hey, the, what are we doing this year for Halloween episode? I'll let you all know. And if not, we'll see. Um. Looking at the lyrics for the song Lord Summer Isle by Blood Ceremony, it's not necessarily about him, about the character of Lord Summer Isle or the movie, um, but it is uh, just kind of thematically about uh, the May Day celebration or, or Midsummer. I, I'm saying May Day because they specifically mentioned the 1st of May. Well, that, that would work, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I just pulled up to that. Uh... Wow, that actually goes with it, though, because, um, you know what, fuck it, we're talking about it. The the whole point of this thing is that they're pagans, and they need to make a sacrifice to keep their harvest going well because their apples kick ass. Yes. 
and it talks about you know gods on high bringing ancient night autumn's frost you know they have to do it at a certain time to keep the wheel of the year going and keep their harvest good i like it. i'm looking at it and i'm like you know i'm gonna have to actually listen to it oh it's a good song it, it doesn't they, seem uh, like it's very long or the lyrics aren't very long <laughs> yeah yeah it's doom metal so uh um uh no actually it's it's, it's three and a half minutes roughly oh that is uh, one of the shortest doom metal songs <laughs> yeah because i yeah, because some of their songs can stretch out over seven minutes. So, <laughs> oh, how now harvest seeds. <laughs> By the way, I did take a couple drinks, and so should you for mentioning two past episodes. Oh, I've taken a lot of drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. I, I am. I no longer feel like my blood pressure is up. <laughs> Good. If it helps you. The reason I had three pints instead of two, even though we're going to record, and I'm going to have one or two tonight when we record, is because I too have been irritated the past two days um, because of miscellaneous things. Uh, not home, work, were there work things, but it's yeah. okay. We we won't go further. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I will mention that Howie meets the island's leader, Lord Summerisle, who is the grandson of a Victorian in agronomist. Duchess, I'm an agronomist. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't tell if that was Yoda or Fozzie. <laughs> you know, it's, I, it was the I, same I, voice actor. It was Frank Oz, either way. It is, and I actually started as Fozzie, but I did go into Yoda there, didn't I? <laughs> yep. Agronomist, <laughs> 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 waka waka. <laughs> <laughs> to get permission. <laughs> For an exhumation, which is the opposite of inhumation, which means they're going to dig the body out of the ground instead of put it in. Uh-huh. And during this whole thing, Summerisle explains that his grandfather developed strains of fruit trees that would prosper in Scotland's climate and encourage the belief that the old gods would use the new strains to bring prosperity to the island among the pagan population. And due to the bountiful harvests, the island's other inhabitants did gradually embrace paganism, which is why by now, three generations later, the island is pretty much there, and us. Uh, no, um, well, I can't say that yet, can I? I don't know. Can you? You know Apparently what? It's 50, not. it's fifty years old. Yes, yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. What's the uh, the Douglas Adams thing with uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where he's like, to have to to ease the reader's mind because that's an issue and hurts your health. I'm going to uh -huh. tell you that. The only thing that happens is one of the people get a bruise, but to keep some suspense, I will not tell you who gets bruised. Okay. But in this case, I'm going to tell you who gets bruised. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, to reference another episode in that Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which was the first one, the book actually does not ever tell you who it is. But if you listen to the radio series, they do. Huh. And I remember okay. who it is. I'm not going to fucking tell you. You motherfuckers, go Fucking listen to the either actual radio thing or go listen to our episode arc on the first Hitchhiker's Guide. You don't get it for yeah. free again. You only get it for free once. Yeah. So it, so what so what happens? Um, as I go through some of the other things, you'll kind of give some more background. But what happens is how he's investigating. He goes talks to the the lady at the record shop and the librarian and and talks to various people. And there's music and dancing. And we'll get to some of that here soon. Uh, but but. Towards the end, 
he is rounded up by the group, the the Islanders, and uh-huh. forced into the Wicker Man, which is a you know the the eponymous. I guess I guess technically the Wicker Man's the main character because <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a large. I don't actually know how tall. I mean, gauging by when I've seen the movie, I'd say thirty foot uh, straw wooden effigy of a, a human, maybe. Yeah, but they forced Howie in there and they set it on fire. Because Summer Isle tells Howie that Rowan was never the intended sacrifice. Howie is. He fits their gods' four uh-huh. requirements. He came of his own free will. Has the power of a king because he's representing the law. He is a virgin, yep. and is a fool. Yep. <laughs> And he is, you know, I, I love this show. And even though Howie is technically the protagonist, there is at no point I root for him. No, no. Yeah, I, I mean, it's been a few years since I've seen it. But yeah, he's kind of a, I mean, he's 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 kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, I know he's representing the king. But I mean, he came from an anonymous letter and he's investigating. But he treats these people as if they're assholes. And probably because he's yeah. a very Christian devout man and these are pagans and, you know, he, he just can't, well, fuck you, dick. <laughs> right. Yeah. That doesn't make you better than them. No, but can you imagine 50 years ago when this whole thing was going on and and paganism and Wicca and, and Satanism and everything was just been getting off the ground for not even like a decade, probably. <laughs> also on our behalf. We were starting to get into weird occult stuff way back in the 80s. Uh, Sue, you knew. Thank you. Thank you, the 70s, for helping get us to where we wouldn't be hanged. But even us, we couldn't tell everybody what we're doing because there were certain people at our school that would have made us be hassled and shit. But but to be fair, we didn't have very well because we also want to have an excuse to punch him in the face. I think some of them still deserve it. Anyway, it's the, the synopsis. And then as, as we go through this, we'll talk more about bits of the show. Uh, but I was going to mention four cast members because they're kind of either really overlap with our podcast episodes or our main characters. Uh-huh. Uh, but Ingrid Pitt, who we have mentioned in Hammer Films. Yeah. Is the librarian and registrar in that. I do have things coming up about her soon. Okay. Uh, Britt Eklund, who we have mentioned many times. <laughs> because of that scene. Well, that scene and a few others, and we'll get to that scene here soon, if, if you can wait. Uh, but she is... I can't. <laughs> I had, if she was doing the scene for me, I don't think I could. <laughs> <laughs> But, but I guess I will. <laughs> Fine. That's one of the reasons how he's a fool. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. <laughs> yeah, but she's a Willow, the temptress daughter of the publican. Uh, Christopher yep. Lee, who we have mentioned many times. <laughs> yep. Uh, Bond, Hammer Films, Star Wars, to name Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he's uh, he's Lord Summer Isle. And we'll we'll talk about him here soon. And yep. uh, Ed, Edward Woodward, who we've never talked about before, but he is Sergeant Neil Howie, you know, so he's the main protagonist. I'll just mention that he would later star in the TV hit The Equalizer, 
Never watched it. That's kind of what he's known for besides the Wicker Man. Oh, wait, he was he was the main character in the Equalizer? Yeah. Holy shit. No, I did not know that. Oh, have you I've not seen it. Is it good? I I mean, I didn't watch it regularly, but we would catch like parts of episodes. And by the way, I am really drunk at this point. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if it's coming through, but I am feeling it really, really good right now. Um, hmm. No, I remember. I didn't make that connection. I didn't. I guess I didn't look it up on IMDb when I watched The Wicker Man to see what other stuff he had done. Shit. Because I remember that series, yeah, that was really cool. So that was that was the TV series in the eighties, not the, um, not the more recent TV series with Queen Latifah or the movie series with oh, yeah. uh, Jason Denzel Washington. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which I think the third movie in the series is coming out. But um, yeah, this was the TV series in the eighties, and I did not realize that was the same guy. Cool. No, that's that's fucking awesome. Oh, cool. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Obvious, I never made the connection. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Recognize. <laughs> that's, that's one of my few superpowers is making connections where they shouldn't belong, but they're hilarious when they do. <laughs> but it's actually just a sub... It's a, it's a subsection of my only superpower, which is to make people laugh even when they're not sure they want to. <laughs> you know, that's that's not a bad superpower, super, superpower, superpower to have. Super Howie. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we go to school with him? <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, if you want to get laid, I disagree that that's not the best superpower to have. Many female friends that I would make feel awesome because I'd make them feel better about themselves. Never physical, but you know, it's not a, like it's not a bad thing. No, I never felt entitled to sex because I made them laugh. How fucking weird is that? Yeah, yeah. Hey, want sure. Looking at their boyfriends who are dicks and going, "Why him and not me?" Sure, but but not getting pissy about it because you know. Oh yeah, well, getting pissy about it's not. I mean. What's the point? There's no point. It's not going to change her mind. Then you come off as a dick also. Then you're also a dick. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I would just say that one of the iconic locations in the film was the Green Man Inn, which I mentioned, where Howie stays while he investigates the case of the missing teenage girl. The inn with this polished wood bar and wood paneled walls was actually the, I'm going to fuck this fucking name up from Galway, Scotland, the Ellen Gowan, it's all one word, Ellen Gowan Hotel, located in Creetown, Galway, Scotland. If, if I ever make it to Scotland, I'm in the area, I'm going to definitely check it out. But supposedly it's just this cozy oh, yeah. little pub with a large beer garden outside. And that's uh, where a lot of the film's significant events take place. But now, oh yeah, yes. I hope this is taken care of because there's a decent chance my wife and I will be in Ireland and Scotland next year for a, a vacation, finally. True, yeah, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, but uh, it's it's right now, and I made these notes two weeks ago-ish, so uh -huh. as of recording on March 32nd, haha. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I'm not that drunk. <laughs> uh, Glad one of us isn't. 
That makes two. No, one. Ha ha. <laughs> 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 Math. <laughs> That's a miracle. <laughs> to move on. <laughs> Please. <laughs> the, um, yeah. the building's for sale, and the hotel pub business is currently closed. Aww. Now I'm, I'm sad. But if I hit the lottery between now and next year, I'm buying it. I don't blame you. I fucking would, too. <laughs> If I hit the lottery, I'd say, uh, you know, we can still record. And I'd be like, well, I won't see you much, but I don't see much anyway. If I hit the lottery, I'll happily get plane tickets for all my friends twice a year to come out. That would be awesome. <laughs> oh, and just so you The question know, is, though, are you playing the lottery? Look, let's not bring logic into this. <laughs> <laughs> What's the joke? Dear God. Let me let me win ten million dollars in the lottery, and why haven't you let me win ten million dollars in the lottery? And God's like, meet me halfway and buy a fucking ticket. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, the joke's longer, but we're already going over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So while filming took place, British Lion, the production company, was bought by EMI Films. Just just a note in there. Okay. And the film was shot almost entirely in the small Scottish town of Stranraer, Gay House of Fleet, Newton Stewart, Cookrebright, Anwath, and Creetown in Galway. Th those are all town names. As well as Plockton and Rushier. Okay. Americans would say Ross Shire. And we would be wrong. They, they would be. Fucking Americans! <laughs> <laughs> I can say because I'm American, but anybody outside of America says that. Even if you're right, you can kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Them's fighting words. <laughs> Shock and awe, bitches. Shock and awe. <laughs> Amid fraud filming and rows over bare bums that we'll talk to here really, really soon. Uh-huh. It was a miracle the Wicker Man was released at all. The idea was based around Roman leader Julius Caesar's claim that ancient Druids would burn people and animals alive as sacrifices in a giant wicker statue of a man. Uh-huh. But the filmmakers were given a tiny budget for the shoot, and the struggling studio Brian, uh, British Lion was having some issues, and it only worked because Lee, who wanted to do something else and try something different and read the script and was like, hell yeah, agreed to work without pay. Really? Yeah, he so didn't get paid. Didn't get paid. No. Wow. Yeah, he wanted to play the part. He thought the role was interesting. He thought the movie was interesting. He thought it was fantastic. Knew they couldn't afford him. Um, and I know there's some rules about actors, and if you're going to get paid, you have to get paid a certain amount. And with with his star status, so he said he would just do it. That's awesome. So set in spring because it kind of goes into the from spring to summer thing. Uh, the the uh -huh. film was actually filmed. Uh, thank you, Mr. Redundant. <laughs> um, was filmed in late autumn, so the crew had to glue blossoms and leaves onto the trees in the wintry Scottish locations for scenes that were actually sought on the mainland. <laughs> that's that's funny. It reminds me of several other movies we've talked about. Uh, one of those wouldn't happen to be Michael Myers, would it? Um, it, it would, actually. Mm -hmm. 
I remember. And if you don't, dear listener, go back and listen to our episode on Halloween. Not the Halloween. 40th anniversary. Yeah. A couple years ago. Or yeah. three. I'm not sure at this point. We've been doing this for five years with no breaks. Um, That would have been... Well, the movie came out in 78, so... Was that our first fucking year? Yeah. Shit. All right. That was one of the first... Yeah, because we did that, and we did uh, uh, um, uh, Night of the Living Dead, yes, 40th and 50th anniversaries. Hope star Ingrid Pitt said Woodward, because of their filming time, took to warming his freezing feet between her knees. Knees. I actually believe that. I mean, that's, you know, it was yeah. his feet, so, you know. Yeah, I can see been, that. She's been in front about all the other stuff. For example, <laughs> Pitt's character, the librarian. Ingrid Pitt, a well-known star of the Hammer Horror films of the early 1970s, is listed fifth in the credits as simply librarian. But Pitt herself, in a documentary about the film, stated, My part isn't very much, actually. What could a nymphomaniac librarian do? <laughs> <laughs> Not very much, but I thought it'd be interesting to be involved in this type of film. And she states, with a wink, it was a nymphomaniac librarian I was playing, and I always liked the librarian bit because I'm really into books. <laughs> <laughs> with a wink, yeah. <laughs> oh, Ingrid Pitt, she's a, uh, oh, she's adorable. And if you uh-huh. want to know what Hammer film she's been in, go back and listen to her Hammer Films episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she, uh, she, her character is seen in the registrar's office and happily giving information to the sergeant, all straight-laced and hair up. But then later, she's seen lounging in a tub with one hand covering her breasts and the other between her legs, where she not only bites her thumb when she sees Howie, Howie looking at her. Ah. Uh, it's not a bad scene. No. Brett Eklund. And this is the scene yes. we talked about a couple times where and this is where Howie's a fool and a virgin because he is in his room at the pub and on the other side of the wall is Brett Eklund's character, Willow, the publican, the landlord, the guy who owns the green man, uh, his daughter. She's in the next room dancing to some rather folkish, sultry, sexy music, naked, pounding on the walls and doing a dance that would make, well, Elvis's character from Bobohotep realize he doesn't have an issue after all yes i like that movie but i will not say any more because that would be distracting it would uh speaking of distracting brett eckland (laughs) (laughs) i see what she did there (laughs) she uh she was pregnant at the time and it actually is not her bare bottom Hmm. yeah they had a i'm disappointed well me too but life goes on my good ma'am Although it's still a very fine naked bottom. It's a very wonderful naked bottom. We're not talking about you, honey. <laughs> she, she's not going to say anything to make it pretend like I, I'm talking to the air. Yeah, she laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> uh, but yeah, she was she was pregnant, didn't want shots of her bare bottom, uh, where she danced snake wit, and she was outraged when body doubles were secretly brought in to take the place of her posterior. And Yeah, I get that. I know, but you know, if that's what's in the script and you don't want to do it and they bring in somebody, 
we'll either do it or let them do it this way. And I, I don't know. I mean, I love Brett Eklund and, and she's obviously had other sexy scenes, even not in this movie. Right. So, you know, what that, that read your contract, I suppose. But uh, director Robin Hardy even claimed he roped in a Glasgow stripper to pose for the scene, which took 13 hours to film. <laughs> really? I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, my next note is, huh, that sounds like Money Python. With uh, If you don't remember that, go back and listen to those episodes. <laughs> uh huh. I think it was series one. Might have been two, but I'm pretty sure series one. Uh, the, the, the Undertaker's sketches. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to say it probably didn't need that much time, but... Yeah, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to watch the movie again, because... Anyway, which bum actually made it to the final cut? Um, because Brett Eklund did have some scenes shot with her and just didn't want her bum to be shown. Maybe she wasn't... Right. Happy, you know, I'm going to say a pregnant Brett Eklund's bum is still better than 90% of bums out there. Yeah, yeah. But, but when it's your own bum, you want it to look as good as possible. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, which which one made the final cut is debated, and rumors go round that are still unconfirmed that Eklund's later boyfriend, singer Roderick Stewart. Yeah. Forget where Sir Roderick Stewart. I think it's from one of the Zeppelin or Deep Purple episodes where I said it that way. So now I have to drink for that. <laughs> he tried to buy up the film's negatives to spare her modesty. How'd that go over? Well, considering I can still see her bum whenever I want. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not sure how appropriate this is, but I'm not in the mood tonight. That's okay, honey. I'm going to go put on Wicker Man. I'll be back in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, even though that sounds gross, that's better than forcing your spouse to have sex. So, <laughs> Very fair point. I'm still not sure what it is on the creepy scale, but at least it's not that bad, says, says the guy who wants it to not be bad. As in, the actress was also annoyed that her speaking lines were dubbed by Scottish actress Annie Ross. Well, maybe do a Scottish accent. You you could try that. So yeah, I, I love Brett Eklund, but it sounds like she kind of was there as a, almost a body double for a stripper and a voice actress. Not sure that's how she would see it, but yeah, I see what you're saying. By the way, Buddy Double, good movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will say that the movie is famous for its gruesome clifftop finale where Howie is to be killed inside a burning wicker man to appease the gods after poor harvest when we mentioned that already. Yeah. But before I get there, I wasn't sure if you had anything on the librarian scenes or the naked wall slapping scenes or anything. No, I was going to make a joke about the remake, but I decided not to. <laughs> Maybe if they had better bees, there would have been a better argument. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I will say this about Nicolas Cage. Um, there's a series on Netflix, The History of... Uh, what is it? It's like the history of dirty words or something like that. Um, that is very funny. And Nicolas Cage hosts it. Oh, I love Nicolas Cage. I'm just saying yeah. the remake of The Wicker Man with him in it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure he would agree with you. Yeah. Let's see if he wants to talk to us. We'll interview him and ask him. Okay. 
Yeah, everybody hold your breath and see if his publicist gets back to me. <laughs> yeah, never know. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, so the reason I asked if you want to jump in on those things is because my next thing is actually kind of uh, myth- mythological. Myth- mythological? Mythological. Okay. And before I start talking about Robert Asperger and his books from the 70s and 80s, uh-huh. I will say that he was sacrificed to appease the sun god Nawada. And they actually mentioned two deities where they actually say to Nawada, our most sacred god of the sun, and to Alavenio, the beloved goddess of our orchards, in order that we may furnish them with renewed power to quicken the growth of our crops. Uh, here's some information on the gods. Okay. Nawada was the first king of the Tuatha de Nananan. I, I know I yes. said that. And... Yes. Uh, the Irish gods who do have some Welsh and British counterparts for some of them. Uh, But he's Uh the one that lost his arm and had a silver one attached, which caused him to lose his rulership because, you know, you say what you want about ableism. If you were alive a couple hundred years ago, your leader had to be warlike and had to be physically awesome. Yes. Uh, Maybe not now. And I understand that. But when we're talking about history and folklore and mythology, I'm, Sorry, nobody wants a little wiener person to be in charge when the village next to you is going to come over and kick your ass. Exactly. But I do understand in times of currentness where we should be more chill and we have a nice army, the leader can have some issues as long as they are a good, capable leader. Yes. And also we'll mention, because I don't think I have it in here, that, uh, nope, um, for those of you who have read the Dragonlance series, because we've mentioned that lately. Yes, we have. Uh, Theros is a blacksmith who loses an arm and actually finds a silver magical arm that helps him create the Dragonlances. Awesome. A little, little bit based off of this myth of Nawada. And various etymologies such as acquired through hunting, because he's the god of hunting and fishing, not of the sun. No, no. But his role of king could indicate some sun influence, even though it's not as much as Lou, the most ultimate Mary Sue of Irish gods. (laughs) Hadn't thought of him as that, but yeah, I see what you're saying there. (laughs) I can do everything, everything better than you. Uh, But Nwada could also mean hero champion. Tolkien himself had thoughts of it uh, because you know there's the germanic root for to have use of and to choir uh and i have a note here in case jody asks who took over after he lost his rulership it was the half amorian briz yes or breeze i've actually heard it pronounced both ways and i am not as much of a linguistic scholar to know i have also heard it pronounced both ways uh, who who was an asshole and got People pissed at him, but that's a different episode, so I'm not going to go further. Good idea. Yeah, but Alavinia, the latter seems to be a Schaefer invention. Her name was taken from the Welsh word for apple trees, Alifana, which, interesting, Jeffrey of Monmouth also derived Milan, because we've mentioned King Arthur lately. We have. And I do have an episode on Gwen coming up, but not till after spooky season. Ooh, Gawain. And I'll pronounce that better when we get to that episode, because Gawain is not right, and of that, I'm actually fairly certain. (laughs) I, 
Yeah, you're probably yeah. It's, it's, it's more Gowan, like closer to Salwin. Gowan. Oh, which actually fits with spooky season. Ooh. <laughs> ah, see? See? Oh, but that those are the deities, but I will say that it seems significant that as in Wicca they form a male and female pairing. Yet they are not the only gods mentioned. Uh, near the end of the film, Lord Summerisle makes a libation in the form of a keg of ale to the god of the sea. Uh, in early versions of the script, Summer Isle refers to Shoni, Lord of the Sea, and the Islanders to Shoni of the Loos. The name, written Shoni in Gaelic, does not make the final cut, and I realize that as I say it out loud, it's pronounced that way, but it's spelled S-C-O-N-A-I-D-H. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, but the inhabitants, the, the inhabitants, I also am not drunk. <laughs> the inhabitants of this island had an ancient custom to sacrifice to a seagull called shoni at halotide in the manner following and this is actually true stuff of what happened in the hebrides Uh, the inhabitants around the island came to the church of saint malve having each man as provision along with him every family furnished a peck of malt and this is brewed into ale one of their number was picked out to wade into the sea up to the middle and carrying a cup of ale in his hand, standing still in that posture, cried out loud the voice saying, Shoni, I give you this cup of ale, hoping that you'll be so kind as to send us plenty of seaware for enriching our ground for the ensuing year. And then so threw the cup of ale into the sea. That seems like a waste of ale. Well, unless it helps your harvest. I'll take well, one that's cup true. of ale. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'll give you that. I'll take that. <laughs> okay. It's mine now. You gave it to me. Yeah, sounds like we're square. Just like Scrooge McDuck's money making. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that as I said. <laughs> I, I assume that was on purpose on your behalf. No. <laughs> oh, well. How for two with this? <laughs> Oh, but yeah, uh, the, the rituals performed at nighttime. And as we turned to the land, they all went to church where there was a candle burning upon the altar. And then standing silent for a little time, one of them gave a signal in which the candles put out. And immediately all of them went to the fields where they fell a drink in their ale and spent the remainder of the night in dancing and singing. Woohoo! I do have the size of the structure. Hot dog! Okay. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> the cat's meow. Yeah, that too. <laughs> you know, Woodwards, the the actor who played Howie, uh-huh. is shocked at the size of the 60-foot structure, so it was 60 foot tall. Yeah. His terror at the real <laughs> flames around him were apparently genuine because he didn't expect it to go up quite like it did. <laughs> <laughs> he later said it was horrifying, the heat was intense, and I felt at times I was really burning. And evidently, a goat pinned in above him urinated on him with fright, though the director insisted no animals were hurt, which could be the case. They, they may not have been hurt, but they were obviously frightened. Yeah, I think I would have been too. Oh, uh, Howie Woodward was frightened, so yeah, I'm sure the goat was too, yeah. Weren't we just talking about The Exorcist or something where, how about the directors not be dicks? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we did talk about that. Yeah, you hired me because I'm a good actor. I can act frightened, fucker. 
So anyway, the studio bosses hated the movie and briefly demanded a more upbeat ending. <laughs> they refused, which is good. Yeah. A huge cult following and a lot of accolades later now, but it was a flop at first. That sucks. Well, it does. It was released in December 1973 as a B-movie, and Lee even had to personally bring critics to showings to try to even get them to see it. I mean, you know, good that he did, but it still it sucks that they that, that he had to. Yeah, somebody with his star power having to actually, like, ask credits to go see it? Yeah, that's... <laughs> that's what the guys are just going to say. I was going to say, bullshit, it's bullshit what it is. But... That's why I hate studio executives. Seems like a good other episode, but studio, music, pretty, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Let's make this as palatable for everybody as possible, even though it takes away every bit of artistic <laughs> Yeah, no shit. Uh, but to move on, because this has been going on for a while. <laughs> yep. Eventually, the film got the recognition it deserved and would go on to inspire a festival is the Burning Man Festival, which this year had some issues that I won't get into, and I'll let Jody decide if he wants to. Nope, 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 nope. Keep my mouth shut. <laughs> and, a 2006, <laughs> and a 2006 remake that I wasn't going to go any further on, but we've already talked about Nicolas Cage and the Bees. Yep. Uh, but I was... Oh, go ahead. Enough said. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> Stan. <laughs> Now, my next thing is Lee himself. <laughs> so, enough. Okay, Stan. Lee himself. So, <laughs> Lee himself, Christopher Lee, described it as the best film I've ever been in. Wow. I mean, that's saying a lot. It is. Although I'm pretty sure that quote comes pre Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, but uh, still, that would mean it tops most of the stuff. And my note is going to be re-released this year for its 50th, but I had in a couple of old articles saved in my browser. And when I went back to see when it was going to be re-released, it has already been done so and too late now. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, it was released in the December. You think they'd re-release it in October or December, but no, they did it back in the summer. Disappointing. Yeah, just because it takes place in spring to summer. Jerks. Yeah. And I hear people out there going, well, we're more fans than you are. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of weird, creepy music, this movie does have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I seem to remember that. Yeah, it's like when he first goes into the pub and the whole dance naked thing, and then at the end, and yeah, there's some really good spooky, folky, spooky music. Spooky, folky, spooky music. It's... It's like a spooky folk Oreo with spooky on the outside and folk. <laughs> <laughs> spooky folk Oreo. That I like that. I want one. I do too, damn it. Come on, Oreo, get on that. We already make Halloween. What do you want? We just told you, spooky. <laughs> yeah, what James said. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember. So let's move on. <laughs> In 1989, Schaefer. Wrote a script treatment for The Loathsome Lambden Worm, a direct sequel with fantasy elements. The Hardy had no interest in the project, so it was never produced. In 2006, a poorly received American remake was released, uh, from which Hardy and others involved with the original have disassociated themselves from. 
Sounds like I wouldn't blame them. Not remotely. I've um, not seen the remake, so I can't comment, but yeah. I can. I saw it once. It was, uh, I wanted to see it once to see if it was good or bad because I heard nothing but bad things. And I thought, you know, I can't pitch until I see it. And then the people are not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the Nicolas Cage uh, plays the pawn part of Ponch and John from Chips because he's a California Highway Patrolman. That's, Wait, they said it in the U.S.? It's in the U.S. Oh, jeez. No. Yeah. Good to do U.S. things. Make it U.S. specific. Not. We have some good full core things here in the U.S. Use those. Don't remake a good English thing. Let them do it. Yeah. Anyway, in 2000, to keep this going. <laughs> uh-huh. In 2011, spiritual sequel directed and partially written by Hardy, The Wicker Tree was released. And it did feature Lee in a cameo appearance, which cool. I want to see, but I have not yet. I, I actually don't think that was easy to find, but I should look again now that it's the 50th of The Wicker Man. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, when we do her, like, what are we doing? I'll, if I look it up, I'll let everybody know. Cool. Yeah, but otherwise, my last note is in 2013, the original U.S. theatrical version of The Wicker Man was digitally restored and released. And it's probably where I found my DVD from. Okay. But that is it. That is what I have on the most awesome 50th anniversary of The Wicker Man. A great folk horror, granddaddy, Citizen Kane, Rosebud. Yeah, all that. <laughs> I got quiet for a minute because I'm like, is that right? Sure, but let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Rosebud, Citizen Kane, yeah. Okay, that was right. Good, thanks. All right. Yeah. But yeah, it's a great you folk really horror. No. Oh, I did know, but I've been kind of drinking heavily tonight. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Okay, here. I'm going to piss people off. Rosebud's a sled. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, how fucking old is Citizen Kane? Oh, shit. Uh, 40s or 50s? 41. Just popped it in. 41 films. So it is... 82 years old and if you wow. know who the fuck rosebud is now fuck you <laughs> yeah but anyway again just to kind of reiterate granddaddy of british folk horror although i did mention witchfinder general earlier it was released earlier 1968 it is more difficult to find like i've not been able to find it i've looked for several years now i can't find it on dvd i can't find it streaming yeah it just popped in again to imdb and it says search on amazon and uh looks like actually now i could get it in blu-ray format for 34 bucks kind of expensive but yeah maybe uh yeah i see a vhs i see format yeah so it looks i i it looks like maybe it's possible now to get it. So I'm gonna have to uh I'm gonna have to look into that. I'm good if you're good. I am good. So rate us, write us, review us, share us, enjoy spooky season. Yeah. Thank you, Baffle May. We're interrupting this very important podcast to bring you more of the same podcast. Yeah. Because one of us, I'm not going to say who, but it wasn't Jody, um, maybe maybe thought he had more notes and he wasn't sure and maybe just dreamt them, but then he found them today. 
So as we record on this day, our fifth anniversary, uh-huh. Uh we're gonna we're gonna just make a few more notes and put them in here because of Baffle May, and then Baffle May will lead us out and we'll get to the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. But Wicker Man. Yeah, he's a who's who's your good Baffle Bay. <laughs> yes, Wickerman 50th, as we've been talking about. Don't have to go into the background because you just listened to that. So things I did write down and wanted to mention. Folk music in Wickerman. Uh-huh. I don't think we brought it up. I mean, now when we recorded it, it has been a week or two. I don't think we really talked about the music. I don't think we did either. And it's got some... But really... if we did, you'll be cutting this out. <laughs> no, I'm just going to leave it in anyway. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure I I might have kept this out because I think we talked about Wicker Man music in our folk music episodes but I'm not positive about that either now that that's a possible that is a possibility yeah but I tell you it's, it's got some great music it's got a little bit of cool pub music where they talk about the landlord's daughter who you know mm-hmm. Red Eklund and uh, it's it's got Maple songs and just all sorts of, I don't know, it's got some really awesome folk, like trad folk music. Yeah. So if you enjoy that sort of thing, you should listen. Even if you don't, you should listen. That's right. Just like you're listening to us and we're not sure you enjoy it, but you're doing it anyway. So yeah. <laughs> I will say uh, the the dance we, we did talk about, I know, in the episode. I yes. Did not mention that I found it to be one of the most pagan things because there actually is symbolism in there with the flowers and the pounding and, and of course the sensuality, sexuality of, of course, mm-hmm. leading towards the pagan thing, but you know, she goes to the open window and there are flowers there and it just shows the bountifulness of the sexual nature of the pagan ideals of the Island. Yeah. Did have a little note says how she thought she was out of shape and didn't want to show her bottom. Because of her pregnancy is beyond me because you did been... mention that. Do what? You did mention that because I remember talking about that. Yeah, but but I, I I guess I still just I don't I don't think I really iterated or repeated or I don't know what fucking word I'm looking at now. I did not hammer home the fact that she's still ah, like I, I don't see it. Like I don't even see a baby bump yet. So well, no, yeah, I yeah. I didn't either. No, but I I can tell a couple times where it might not be her because it doesn't show the face and the movements of who we thought might be a stripper were a little more burlesque than the rest of the dance. Yeah, but uh, but whoever they got, they did a good job of either matching the wig or the hair and then and the body shape and everything. Great body double, so kudos. Yeah, and I, I uh, yeah, actually, that's almost. I only have two more things. So uh, his the. The sergeant, sergeant Howie's fucking snotty ass face whenever he sees something non-Christian. I, I know we talked about what a douche he is, but I, I just want to punch him sometimes because he gets <laughs> this look of, oh, you're not Christian. Ooh, I'm better than you. Yeah, but other than that, if you want to learn a little bit of paganism and some witchery, just pause it and look at the blackboard as the girls are getting schooled because they talk about like witch stones and toadstones and <laughs> tells you what to use them for and it's interesting and neat cool and i'm not gonna say it's factual you know you should talk to a doctor before putting a frog in your mouth 
yeah toad toad i guess or 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 just don't well there's there's that too <laughs> <laughs> if you want to lick a toad i probably don't want to recommend that either and i never have and yeah i think that's that's something i think i'll pass on yeah, it seems like a a good way to possibly die when there are easier ways to get high but i suppose i'd recommend that over meth yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. That, those are my. I had my main notes all typed away, and then I found these uh, at the bottom of a a pile of other Halloween things that I just sketched out by hand, and that's it. Um, I I actually would like to add a little something to this. On a. <clears throat> I don't know but, what I was going to say. I was going to say awesome, and it started turning into honestly, and I don't know where I'm going, so I'm going to shut up and take a drink. <laughs> um, I, I've not had a chance to watch it yet, but my Blu-ray just showed up today as we were recording this, so I do have a copy of The Wicker Man now. Ooh, excellent. <laughs> you, yes, you'll be joking. I guess I could add to that that uh, the ritual. So I ordered the book when I was making the notes that we uh -huh. talked about and i did find a decently cheap one and it arrived a couple days ago and i've read the first couple chapters and the ritual the book that it's based off of it starts very different okay it's in cornwall instead of scotland and the I, I, i'm in i'm starting chapter three today and the policeman either hasn't shown up or i don't know it's the policeman yet because there's a guy that comes in and there actually is seems to be a death instead of a missing person i don't know it's it's going to be very different, but I'm looking forward to a few chapters in when hopefully it gets into the similarities. Cool. So we both have things. I can read it and you can watch it and we'll all be happy. Yay. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> For the greater good. <laughs> cool. Do you have anything else? No. I think that's it. All right. I suppose we can let Baffle may lead us back out. Who's your Baffle I'm James. I'm Jody. <laughs> and we will spooky Satan claw at you later. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. And have I already asked this? Have we not done an episode on the Wicker Man? We have not. Because I seem to remember talking about um, what's her name dancing nude in the room. We have mentioned it in like our favorite movies, but only in like a favorite horror Halloween movie type of thing, not a. Oh, okay, okay. Not a specific. We talked about other ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> For you. <laughs> I never underestimate the power of the drugness. I underestimate my ability to perform well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might want to cut that out. <laughs> and I'll try to do better than Peppermint Patty. <laughs> I got that reference. <laughs> I'm sure you did, sir. <laughs> I got that reference, too. <laughs> <laughs> you can take my werewolf now. <laughs> You a weird dude? Well, you didn't recognize it because you also were. <laughs> well, you know what they say, men with big noses. <laughs>
Have wild sneezes. <laughs> Did I mention I'm drunk? <laughs> uh, yeah, co-star Ingwood. Ingwood? Yeah, her. Oh, a wed woes. How romantic. <laughs> <laughs>